Love it. All right. Morgan Nash. We're live. Welcome Here to we uh, welcome to the Chasing Greatness podcast. Thanks for having me. So um, I'm here. I'm joined by Morgan Nash, the founder of Realigned Wellness, mm -hmm. and super excited to chat. So just so you know some of the background, Chasing Greatness po podcast is basically where I have conversations with people that inspire me and talk to people about you know their journeys, businesses that they've built, challenges that they've overcome, and things like that. And so when I saw you know, kind of you putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and, uh, you know, going all in on, on realigned wellness. I was like, man, that, what a fun conversation to have and, and somebody that I can learn a lot from. So, um, really appreciate you taking time and being willing to, to be on the show. Um, to start, let's kind of dive in. So I, let's actually even just start by tell, tell me what realigned wellness is. Tell me about the business and, um, you know, what, what your goal is to, to do for people. Okay. Awesome. So realigned wellness, the idea came to me a couple, like, I don't know, maybe nine months or so ago. Um, but my whole goal behind it is to help women realign their mind, body, and spirit, um, just through a very balanced overall wellness approach. But then I also am focused on Christ-centered healing. Um, and my goal with that is to share a little bit of my journey, what I've been through, what I have experienced over probably the last six years, um, but then also host wellness retreats for women to come to and get a little bit of all of that um, and just have a safe place, safe place for people to come and be vulnerable and heal and create connections and learn different tips and tricks, things they can implement in their life in ways that aren't overwhelming, um, but that just, yeah, help them, help them on their path, wherever they're at on their journey. You talked about, you know, healing and, and things like that. What what type of people is is realigned wellness made for? Like what, what types of things are people healing from? You know what? I think we all we all have stuff for, to heal from. And I'm I'm probably gonna cry through this whole thing. Um I just have such a love and respect for everybody all walks of life no matter what you've been through how you were raised what you believe in I think life is hard for everybody I think that there are challenges and trials that are um that people don't expect and then I also think that there are you know people make choices that they want to come back from um and so I, I for everyone for everyone who has a desire to live their best life and to strengthen their faith, and to be a part of a community where they feel like they are welcomed and loved and accepted no matter where they're at, and we will help them through it. So my focus is women. I would love to, be just because that's my, I feel like that's the most that I can hone in on, um, but eventually I think it'd be fun to do couples too. I think that creating that dynamic would be awesome as well. So Yeah, and I just think, I think it's so cool what you're doing because so it's interesting i've you know i i'm kind of on this journey right now of getting to know more people in more meaningful ways and trying to create yeah. communities in in different ways like that and it's become clear that everybody struggles like there's not a single person out there that you know doesn't have a challenge or a trauma or uh you know these things that they need to get better at or or you know, to overcome. And so I, I just think it's really neat and special that you're kind of creating a space for, 
you know, for people to heal or people to create meaningful connections or, or things like that. Tell me, tell me a little more about how, you know, in in what way, because I understand definitely the, the, the purpose behind it. Um, could you share a little bit on like the types of the, the ways in which people can, can, can get support from, from realign wellness or, or how the healing happens? Yeah. So my goal on my social media, on my Instagram page, it's more insight from me and my journey and just little tips and tricks that I share. Um, however, I'm not an expert at everything, but I believe that I can be a facilitator and a gatherer of those who are experts in their fields that have different ways of healing. So, or, um, that can help facilitate those different ways of healing. So at each retreat, um, I will be bringing in different people who specialize in a certain modality. Um, and so this first retreat I'm hosting actually the end of October, um, I have somebody coming in who is a nutrition and fitness life coach, but she talks a lot about mindset and reaching your goals without restriction and just gives great tips and tricks on the nutrition and wellness side. Um, And then I have somebody coming in who is an emotional processing facilitator. So she's going to educate the women on emotional processing and emotions and how to work through them and release them so that they don't stay bent up in our bodies. Um, you're telling me you're not supposed to just like suppress emotions and right. And then just explode like one day. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I have some fun activities as well. I have somebody coming who has an incredible story, um, that's healing from child loss and PTSD and anxiety. So, and she got into, um, an art form called Kintsugi. It's a Japanese art form where you take broken pottery and you rebuild it. Um, using gold dusted lacquer and the whole idea behind it is that we are all broken and that's what lets the light in Um, and we're even stronger and more beautiful after the rebuild so we'll do kind of some awesome activities like that and then um, another one I'm having is a breath work we're going to do some breath work and meditation so um, I want to have a very well-rounded you know I think that the emotional processing could resonate more with somebody than maybe the breath work or somebody might be really struggling with their self-esteem and their worth and need some help with the nutrition and fitness life coaching, which she focuses more on that loving yourself and accepting yourself as you are. Um, And so it's kind of trying to bring all of these different avenues together so that whatever somebody might be seeking, you get a little taste of all of it. And then, um, and my hope is too, I think that I try to go into each of these retreats pretty prayerful and try and seek guidance on the group that I'm having and what they are in need of. And so all of them are going to look a little bit different. I'm going to bring different people in. And I've already had, it's been so cool to see as I've kind of put myself out there. I've already had a couple people reach out to me saying, I'd love to come and like be a part of your retreat. Can I teach this? Or I do you know, different specialties. And I'm like, this is amazing. We're going to have, I just think that I am already networking and going to have some awesome people that I can reach out to, to bring the women what they need. So. Well, and I think that's, it's, it's one of the things why I'm just such a, I admire what you're doing in such a huge way. I, so, you know, I, I run a marketing agency and, and, uh, not nearly the, you know, the depth that, that comes from that. But one of the things that I talk about all of the time is that authenticity is disruptive. And I think it's so cool that, you know, you're kind of creating this space for people to be 
authentic and vulnerable um, because the result of that will be that, that they're creating actual meaningful connections and, right. and you know, experiencing new things. That when I, when I, you know, in the marketing context, when I say that authenticity is disruptive or that, you know, vulnerability is a superpower, it's because so much of the world that we're living now, it, it, living in now is filtered for lack of a better term. And, and, you know, some of that's like literally filters on Instagram or whatever it is. But I think that society in general, we're kind of at risk of having a false perception of what the real world is because so much of the real world is consumed via social media, which we all know is exactly. It's, it's, it's a highlight reel. It's filtered. It's, you know, um, and I, so I think that, you know, the fact that you're opening up and being vulnerable and being authentic and also giving other people a space to be vulnerable and be authentic is really, really neat and really, really special. I want to hear more about, excuse me. Um, there was a while back you did a Instagram, a series of Instagram stories, Mm -hmm. um, kind of talking about, and and don't let me put words in your mouth, but I, the gist of it was gen- basically why you start why you've started realigned wellness, yeah. Um, and some of the things specifically that you went through that sort of opened your eyes to this world of I'll call it holistic wellness. I don't know if that's an appropriate yeah. uh, way to explain it, but I'd love to hear that story again, or okay. uh, you know. Because I, I am, and for a lot of different reasons. One is it, it'll help me have a little understanding of, you know, more of the core of what realigned wellness is. But yeah. the other thing is, is I have a some selfish initiatives of <laughs> learning from people on, you know, their paths to starting businesses and, yeah. um, you know, following their passions and things like that. Because we all started somewhere, right? There's you know, a reason behind yeah. all of it, exactly. So I want to hear. I want to hear that. I want to hear. You know, kind of okay. where your journey started and and. You know, obviously it's, it's evolved into what it is now, but I, yeah. I want to hear that. Yeah. So I would say my journey started probably five and a half years ago. Um, and a lot of my story has, is like related to postpartum and kids. And then there's been other, some other trials along the way as well. Um, but when it really started was after I had my second baby and, so I had her and I came home from the hospital and I, before leaving the hospital, I actually like felt so much fear, which was interesting because I had already had a baby. Like I had a great delivery. My baby was healthy. There was no reason that I should be like, you know, it was such a great, exciting time. Um, but I just felt so fearful. And then I got home and some feeling came over me where I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was shaking uncontrollably. Um, for lack of a better explanation, I felt like something was seriously wrong with me and that I, like I needed to go to the emergency room, even though there was no, no proof that anything was wrong. So, um, long story short, I was having a panic attack and the, the panic attacks became so severe that I was desperate. I remember um, sobbing on my couch, just saying, I can't live like this. And um, thankfully, I got some help from my doctor. I got some medication that I was put on that was a quick fix because 
I was desperate. Um, and they went away for a little while and then they came back and they came back tenfold. So there was a period of time where I never wanted to be alone. I felt like if I was going to be alone, something tragic was going to happen. Um, or if I needed to drive somewhere, or, you know, I was in trouble, I wouldn't have the help I needed. And I was scared to drive anywhere because the panic attacks, what they do to you is such an, int- like, it's not safe to drive, basically. And so I w- had this fear that if I was driving somewhere, I would start having one. And so I started, because of all the feelings that this brought in in my body, everything triggered me. If I got hot, I was hot during a panic attack, so then I would start having a panic attack. If I had feelings, you know, a physical sensation, like a pain, I would start having a panic attack. If I was short of breath or if my heart was racing from exercise, it would spiral me into a panic attack. So it was my neural pathways in my brain were so wired now to going to straight panic that I had to find, I had to find every way possible (laughs) to rewire my brain. Um, Anyways, so that's another section. Quick anecdote, but, or a question. Would thinking about having a panic attack, panic attack, make you have a panic attack? Like, because I'm, I just am envisioning yeah. that you know, because you talked about kind of like the physical sensations triggering panic attacks. Right. I could totally see how that could slip into this vicious, like, feedback loop of mm-hmm. where you're nervous about getting one, and now that makes and you now, get one, and now you're anxious so that you're. Yeah, I that it would not trigger one, but it definitely would put it on my brain where then it, I was just paralyzed where I wouldn't want to do anything. Um, Can you describe what a panic attack feels like? So for me, I think they look a little bit different for everybody um, as far as I understand. So for me, it was my whole body would get hot. My chest would feel like I had an elephant sitting on me, so I'd feel like I couldn't breathe. My stomach was in knots. Um, I would shake uncontrollably. I would feel like I was going to pass out, like very short of breath. Um, And the interesting thing about it, too, that's the thing that's really hard to explain, is your prefrontal cortex kind of shuts down. So all logical thinking is gone. Right when you need it the most. Right when you need it the most. And so that's why you're in this fight or flight and you are just desperate for like, I'm going to die. Somebody help me when in reality, in all reality, you're safe. You're fine. You're just having a reaction in your body. But even still, I still struggle sometimes with anxiety attacks and, you know, anxiousness. And there are times when it's hard to bring yourself back to reality and think, you know, being mindful about really what is around you and that you are safe. Um, so anyways, so with all of this, I was desperate. I, it started making me depressed. I never got suicidal, um, but I had a very real understanding of how people could get there because I was so desperate for help and not wanting to feel the way that I felt all the time. Um, so anyways, so then I was introduced Oh, were you going to say something? Well, I'm just curious the timeline on that. So after your second baby was born is when this sort of like, that was the event that sort of started this. Yeah. So this happened, let's see, they came back to the point that I'm talking about right now, probably when she was like six months old. So I had a break in there and I felt like I was fine. Like I already got over this. I already got on a medication that was going to help me. Why are they back? Why am I, 
you know, having the struggle again. And I got introduced to a nurse practitioner who is still my doctor today, who had a whole different approach and way of thinking. And she wanted to heal me from the inside out. And we checked my hormones and we checked all my blood levels and we talked about my gut health and we talked about just me as a person and my worth. Um, and obviously I stayed on medication. I think that that's an incredible avenue when you need it. Um, but there was all obviously root causes. And then it was interesting too, that she brought into perspective. She had had cancer before and then she, her cancer came back and at that time when her and I talked, she just said, well, it's back. What do I have to learn now? Like she just saw it as a lesson. And so that really did help me kind of shift my perspective into, okay, instead of this poor me, you know, I should be over this. Now it's okay. What do I have to learn? God, what do you need me to know? How do I need to grow? How is this going to be to my benefit? Um, and it also helped me to not be narrow-minded. I think that I, again, in that desperation, my eyes opened up and I was willing to explore all different ways of healing. And just like I said, like medication is great, but it was a Band-Aid for me. And so then that's what kind of led me to exploring everything that I'm incorporating into my business and my retreats now, whether it be... Um, mindfulness and meditation and supplements and breath work and emotional processing, all the things. So, um, yeah, that's the first part of my story. Um, yeah. What else? Well, and I just think, I think it's interesting too, especially, you know, cause from a outsider looking in mm -hmm. and I, I remember just one time, uh, you and the family were, were, supposed to come up to Heber. Yes. Um, and I think you were driving up Provo Canyon and mm -hmm. one of the panic attacks Happened. hit. Yes. Um, and I believe you pulled over, you know, on the road and I remember talking to you on the phone and, you know, I, cause I, so I, I, let me think how to articulate this. <laughs> um, I've always loved helping people as well. And you know that, you know, we're, right. we're, I've, there's every, pretty much everybody in my life, struggles from some sort of mental health challenge, yeah. whether it's depression, anxiety, panic attacks, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, and, and so, you know, I had these good intentions of like thinking I could talk you through it yeah. and, and, you know, sitting there on the phone with you and saying, okay, let's, you know, cause I, you know, right. it, which was helpful. I will say you guys got me halfway up the canyon. <laughs> it started 20 minutes prior. That's the crazy thing too, about my panic attacks. A lot of people will have them and they're like 10 minutes long. Mine like 45 minutes to an hour and it would take me days to recover. But anyways, well, and no, and it's just for, for me, I think it's, it's important for everybody to know and kind of coming back to this idea of like authenticity and, you know, the filtered world that I think some of us are living in, yeah. you know, from a, and, and also why I think it's so special that you're opening up the way that you are, because from an outside perspective, you know, here's Morgan Nash and she has it all, you know, you've got the, mm -hmm. the beautiful big home, the, you know, you are beautiful. You've got the, you know, the beautiful family of, you know, four kids and you're right. driving a nice car and, you know, like the, from a, from a outsider, you'd be like, you know, there's there, struggle with, yeah, yeah there even could be I... a tendency to f almost even feel jealousy, mm -hmm. you know, like there. And I, and I think that opening up about that and letting the world know, like, Hey, 
I struggle too. And we all struggle in different ways and that there's some power in owning those struggles and coming together Mm -hmm. in those struggles. And in, you know, and in your case, it'll be, you know, physical retreats and and those things like that. But I just think that it's, I'm fascinated with it because of how easy it could have been for you to just say, I'm fine. Keep posting on Instagram that you're fine. And you know, the, the live that filtered life. Mm -hmm. So, and that helps me a little bit with kind of that understanding of, you know, your, I'll call it your initial journey, you know, the, 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 those, those early days with the panic attacks and like seeking help and things like that. Right. Walk me through now though. So obviously you've, you've found some help and I want to dive into that here in a little bit, but what my question is, is what do you think made you then want to say, I'm going to turn this into a business. Like I want to share this with other people. Like what was your thought process behind, uh, you know, cause I, my assumption is, is that clearly it made an enormous impact on you so much so that like right. you feel like other, you know, more people need to, to hear about all of this stuff. Right. Um, talk me through kind of that mindset of how you went from seeking help for yourself to now feeling like you're at a point where you can offer help to others, which is a, a pretty big, yeah. you know, a pretty big leap. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I think going into that, I, st- I still need help. We all need help. And I'm far from where I want to be. Um, but about nine months ago and there's, yeah, there's more to my story. I feel like of my own personal growth over the last couple of years that, um, I, we can dive into later as well. But as far as just realigned wellness goes, I, about nine months ago, I have a very vivid memory of driving in my car and I kept having this thought, um, in my mind, just thinking, what more, what more could I be doing? And I've always had a love for serving others a lot like you, um, where I find somebody in need and I will just bend over backwards. Here is the shirt off my back. Let me help you because I know what it feels like to need help. Um, and my husband and I joke because I'm like, just give me all the money in the world so that I can just like give it to everybody else. <laughs> like, I just want to help people. And, um, but I do feel stretched thin with my family and what I have going on. Um, so anyways, this thought just kept coming. What more, what more could I be doing? And, um, then a couple months later, and I always, you know, kind of kept a prayer in my heart that I'd be guided and directed to what my purpose was or what I could be doing to helping people in the capacity that I wanted to. Um, and so then the thought dawned on me, like, I want to host wellness retreats. There's something that I've always wanted to be, be a part of, but I've never found one that has just fully resonated with me. Um, and so then I was lucky enough to get in touch with a girl that um, has now become one of my really good friends. And she has actually hosted them before. She has runs a business helping um, moms, but specifically with postpartum. But she really has kind of mentored me over the last couple of months, just kind of walking me through what it looks like and, you know, her, um, just her two cents on it. And I've been so grateful for that because I think such a huge takeaway for me has, and, um, in my gratitude of having her mentor me as she easily could have said, this is my thing. This is what I do. But she saw, she saw my desire. She saw my, um, 
wanting to hope and to, or to help and to learn. Um, and she just has this mentality that there's room for all of us at the top. There's room for, um, there's so many people that need help out there. I remember one day she said, no, this is kind of like a relief. Like somebody else is doing it too. Like I don't have to be the only one helping everybody. I saw, I saw a quote the other day that said competition is what happens at the bottom. Collaboration is what happens at the top. Exactly. And we've already talked about that now. We're like, Hey, what can we be doing together? Where can we collaborate? How can we, you know, just take this and make it tenfold. Um, but anyway, so it really just started with that simple thought because after all of my healing and my growth and where I've come Um, as a person the last six years, I just have such a love and understanding for everybody. And so that it was just that thought, like, what more, what more could I be doing to help, um, help other people and to reach more people? And, um, I had another thought with that. Now I can't remember what it was, but, oh, and then I got, I got hung up on a name. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to start this thing, I've got to have a landing page and I don't have a land, like I can't have a landing page until I think of a name, like that's kind of, you know, the whole thing. And I'll probably talk a lot through this whole podcast about my, um, spirituality and just my faith. I have a lot of faith in God. I have a lot of faith that there's a higher power, um, beyond us that's helping, that's helping us. And so I was feeling so stuck and frustrated because I knew that my purpose, like I knew my purpose and I knew that, what I was hoping for was a good cause. So I'm like, why am I feeling so stuck? Um, and so I decided to go sit down in my closet and just say a quick little prayer. And in that prayer, I said, I, I pray that my, um, that my will will align with yours. And that's where I was like, oh my gosh, it's aligned. It's realigned because I think we're all in alignment at times, but we also need realignment probably con- I need it constantly. I need it daily if I'm being honest. Um, and so once I thought of that name, I just jumped and I am jumped with two feet in and I'm going for it. So <laughs> hoping for the best and just praying that it all works out. What would success look like? Like, you know, cause I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear your vision on you know, it's 10 years from now, realigned wellness has gone perfect. Um, what does that, what does that look like in terms of the impact that you've made or the way that the business has grown or, you know, what's the, cause I'm, I'm picking up the, I mean, so obviously there's nothing wrong ever with, you know, helping people in it through a business, like making money by helping people. That's always a really good thing, Yeah. but I'm picking up from you that that's not the driver, you know, that, that, making money isn't the the purpose behind mm-hmm. all of this. Um, which is also, I think, unique, by the way. It's also an indicator that you're going to have tremendous success because people that chase the dollar never get it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd love to just kind of hear, you know, what, what the big vision looks like or, you know, what, and maybe you haven't even thought that far ahead, but, you know, 10 yeah. years from now, what does Realign Wellness look like? What's the impact that it's made? Yeah, you know what? It's interesting that's an interesting question because a lot of things have crossed my mind with that. When I first kind of thought of the name and decided to jump in my mind, like, I don't think I slept good for like two weeks. Like I would lay down in bed at night and my mind would just go all over the place with all these ideas. And, um, 
you know, I thought like, well, maybe even one day there'll be a practice. There's a practice where you come in and there's this, per, you know, there's all these different people available for you to walk in and get whatever help you need. Um, and then scaling it back from that, I've had, I think my short term goal right now is to host probably four retreats a year where I have, um, they're a little bit destination, but kind of within my, um, means that like driving, uh, what's the right word <laughs> anyways, close to home, close to home. And, um, but that I have multiples in different areas so that people from anywhere can come. Um, but even now, as I've been kind of digging a little deeper into myself and asking myself that same question, I've thought, you know, what is this all for? What, what is the purpose behind all of this? And I don't know that I know right now. And I think that that's okay. I think it's okay to not know and just take it one step at a time. I've even told myself, you know, what? if this is for my own growth, it's worth it. If I touch one person, if I help one person, that's all I need. It doesn't need to be this huge, you know, crazy. Of, of course, I would love for it to be this big su successful thing that touches many, many lives. But I don't think that you need to have that to be able to make a big impact. I think you can make a big impact on self-growth and just opening up and being vulnerable and just one person. That's all. That's all I need right well, now. Well, then you, all, you already have success. <laughs> right? So there we go. And I think if you're just okay with that and then you stay authentic to who you are and what you want, then whatever is meant to be will come. So I've got a tough one for you okay. uh, that, uh, <laughs> that I've struggled with. Um, you know, you've, you've brought up faith a few times and a, and a higher power and things like that. And we're also talking about mental health and intense emotions and things like that. And yeah. I, I have a tendency sometimes to have anxiety. Um, and mine has presented itself in interesting ways. I, I do think that my mental, I've, my mental health has improved tremendously because mm -hmm. of lifestyle changes that I've, I've taken and, you know, exercise, yeah. sunshine, uh, you know, actively practicing gratitude, you know, I, the right. list is All long the, for me. Yeah. But, uh, uh, a philosophical dilemma that I've had in the past. I'm curious your take on it. Yeah. We get these emotions of anxiety or, uh, you know, in your case, panic attacks or whatever it might be. Right. We also though are told that we, you know, we have to listen to promptings and we have to listen to, you know, w regardless of your faith, if it's the, the spirit or the right. Holy ghost or, you know, a, yeah, a whatever intuition power. or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. And I have found that to be, incredibly conflicting um, because when you're having feelings of anxiety or panic, mm -hmm. how do you know if they're anxiety or panic or should you not be driving up Provo Canyon? You know, like, yeah. and I've, I've struggled with that because I've kind of always had this attitude of like, I'm going to push through. I'm going to get better. I'm going to do the things that give me anxiety so that I don't have the anxiety anymore. Right. It's, it's why I run. Therapy. It's right. literally why, like, yeah. the, and the further I run, the less the, anxiety I have. And so I'm pushing those limits every day. Right. But I'm just curious kind of your thoughts on, or even just like your perspective on those on discernment between mental health challenges that should be addressed and can be worked on mm -hmm. versus like promptings from the, from the spirit of saying, this is a real emotion that you should be paying attention to. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? 
I absolutely. So, um, there was a period of time when my anxiety was so, so bad. I didn't feel any of that. So I did feel, I felt very abandoned by God. Um, and I feel like I would say that I'm someone who stays close to that higher power. Um, and I follow my intuition very much so. And so I felt very frustrated and stuck. I never had a doubt that he was there, but I didn't feel him because that gift of discernment or feeling, you know, the spirit or your intuition was gone. It was so gone because I was so scared all the time. So I didn't know. Um, and so then there came a time where I prayed for my perspective to be changed. And so even though I couldn't feel him, I couldn't feel God in my life. Um, I had a thought come to my mind, which I think is, um, a way that he can communicate with us is, and I think that, I mean, there's a whole nother, that's a whole nother, um, there's a whole episode on that. (laughs) There's a whole nother episode of, I think of just leaning in and recognizing where you feel that in your life. You know, some people get chills, some people have thoughts, some people, whatever it may be where you feel like that higher power, um, communicates with you. And so I had the thought come to my mind, okay, I always pray to be instruments um, in, in his hands for other people. And so then the thought dawned on me like, oh my heck, I can't feel him, but he has sent other people to me. They are instruments in his hands for me um, in a very, very real way. Let it, you know, from the time that mom and dad came and rescued me down the canyon, like they were instruments in his hands. They rescued me. Um, and then my doctor, she rescued me and, and, and it is, it's a really hard mindset shift to make because there are still times where I feel so anxious and panicked, or I feel like something's going to go wrong. And, um, and through a couple books I've been reading from just non-denominational Christian women, it's so, um, empowering to hear their perspective on, God and Jesus Christ and their ability to come in and rescue us and heal us. And there's just simple little things where I've just leaned in it with trust and faith, which I have a great analogy that I I would love to share at some point, um, on faith. But I just, I I think that I've leaned in enough that I now have the faith to know that he's aware of me no matter what. And this could be anxiety and it could be wrong. And you know what, whatever it is, God has me and it's all going to work out. And there's another, um, in one of the books I'm reading, kind of one of the things that she says, she tells herself is just, I trust you, Jesus. It's all. And so for me personally, you have to find what works for you. Um, but I have been on a very, on my own spiritual faith journey over the last couple of years. I go to church, but I don't get much out of it where, you know, chasing my four kids around. And, um, I really wanted to find my own faith and spirituality outside of church walls. I really wanted to lean into that and find who God is to me and what Jesus Christ is in my life. Um, and so as I've leaned into that, just telling myself that God has me has been enough to suppress some of that anxiety. It's not always gone. And sometimes I have to have a shift in perspective, Um, but that's one way that I feel like if you have faith that he'll show up for you, then it can help that anxiety, whether, whether, you know, it's anxiety or danger or whatever it may be. That's what has personally helped me. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about 
the things that have personally helped you as well. We, you know, you were kind of sharing your story and yeah. uh, mentioned, you know, obviously medication and then exploring these other things. Tell me more about those other things that, you know, I, I want to hear more about the details of, you know, where, where you were starting to find help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess a, maybe a follow-up or, a, or an additional question to that would be, I would assume that, you know, and when it comes to mental health in general, I think that a lot of people do thi- they they do things that they think are going to help, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, alcohol comes to mind. A, a whole lot of people, you know, will, will drink alcohol or, um, right. you know, consume certain types of content or, or whatever it might be. Um, I'd love for you to kind of tell me a little more about, because clearly you are finding that it's not working. Like I'm still struggling. I'm still having these, these panic attacks and this anxiety and and things like that. Mm -hmm. Did you do anything that didn't help? Um, you know, did you do anything on that, that you found either, you know, was, uh, uh, well, that didn't help. And then what are the things that, that did help? Um, okay. I'm trying to think of what did not. Um, cause yeah, I just started exploring, all sorts of different different things, and it's actually interesting. I went to a mental health night just last night um, and learned from a couple experts in that field as well, which was so inspiring and um, very eye-opening. So there's so much you can dive into. Um, I think after – so I'm going to try and think back and go through step-by-step step exactly kind of um, what my journey looked like. So first, it was your hormones. So hormones can play a huge part into, they touch almost every cell in your body. They um, tell them where to go. They impact your brain, nervous system, your, all of it. So um, that was one thing as I tested my hormones. Next, um, I dove into gut health and how the, your gut is your second brain. And if we're you know feeding it junk all the time that is... Um, contributing to leaky gut and stuff like that, then that's going to have an effect on your brain and your nutrients and all that stuff. Then I went to therapy. Um, talk therapy was great and she helped me with, um, a lot of kind of PTSD stuff. She, we did the, um, EMDR, which is eye movement or shoot. I can't remember what the acronym is for. Um, but EMDR and that helped a ton. Um, and then, Let's see. So there was like the gut health and nutrition, because here's what's really interesting, too. And um, a story that I heard last night is there have been multiple people um, with depression so bad that they have suicidal ideation. Um, And she told the story of this girl who, you know, was at her breaking point. She was at the very end. And she finally um, I'm paraphrasing a lot. So I hope this all makes sense. But she went into the doctor and got all of these things tested and she found out that she had, um, some vitamin deficiencies, but it was one where like her body wasn't absorbing what it needed to. Basically vitamin D was like what almost took her life because she was so low on certain things like that, that it just caused all of these other issues in her body. Um, and then we, I also heard from a doctor called, his name is Dr. Josh Red. You should look up his stuff. He's incredible. Um, but he talked a whole lot about brain inflammation and how brain inflammation, again, there's root causes to that. And it's causing all of these autoimmune issues and anxiety and depression and just all sorts of, um, 
health issues. And when people change, make just like not easy, but lifestyle changes, how they improve their quality of life exponentially. Yeah. Um, so he gave this whole list of all of these things that um, attribute to brain inflammation. And the, there's some cool like tests you can do to see if you have it and blood panels and all that good stuff. Um, but so I just kept diving in, wanting to know more and more because again, I'm like, I've got, there's got to be ways to heal your body and not just slap band-aids on it. Um, and so, yeah, then the, there was the therapy and then I've also, um, dabbed into enter- energy work, which I think is incredible. There's, there's certain things like that, that I will say there's a very fine line. Um, because I think that just as much as there's good, there's also bad out there. Sure. Um, and what else? I feel like I'm just, I'm so like wide open book, open mind, open heart, all the things. Like if someone has a, um, a belief or I guess belief, um, but things that they think work for them, I'll say, sure, I'll try it. Like, why not? Let's try that out and see if it will work for me or, and I think that's what's so cool is people feel so stuck, which is a really hard place to be, but don't, like, don't let yourself sit there because there is so much help, whether it be from like, there's so many different avenues. So don't give up. Just keep trying. One thing doesn't work. Don't take it as like a failure. It's just a, it's feedback. Yeah. It's feedback on what your body and your brain need. So yeah, I think failure is feedback. If you find something that doesn't work, doesn't mean nothing's not going to work. There's hundreds of different things out there to try and everybody's mind, mind and body are different. Um, and so just keep exploring and don't have a closed mind about it. And I think, I think it's interesting because, and this is just my opinion, so I don't know if this is factual or not, but yeah. I, I have a theory that humans in general right now are simultaneously the least healthy we've ever been and the most healthy we've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, because for those of us that are like actively trying to get healthier or, you know, we're, we're, we're fortunate in the sense that there's an abundance of information online now. Yeah. Um, and so like for me personally, I get new information and I take action. Um, right. And, and exactly. so it's been great. Like, I've, you know, I'm learning these formulas of gut health and mm-hmm. s- sun in my eyes in the morning and, uh, you know, Your ice bath. exercise <laughs> and cold exposure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and then you start to realize like, holy cow, this is creating some momentum and now mm-hmm. I'm feeling great. And, uh, you know, now with cutting out, you know, substances that have, have had a negative impact on, on my life or my mental health or whatever right. it might be. And you start to, I, I, I relate so much to you wanting to share it because I feel that as well. I, you know, it, my, mine comes across differently, but where I'm yeah. like, I want everyone to feel this good. Like I want to keep the momentum going. I want to keep rocking and rolling. And I think that's what, um, propelled me so quickly into healing. Not that it wasn't a long, hard process. It was, I put in the work and there were periods of, you know, some really hard challenges. And then it's kind of like I got over that thing and then it was a different trial. And, you know, I think we're all welcome to life. Exactly. Exactly. There's always room for growth. Um, but I just was not willing to accept feeling the way I did. And I felt like, I love that. Right. Like just don't, don't accept it because there is, that's not normal. Take action. I mean, I think, yes, it is normal to have those trials, but we weren't put on this earth to, um, just survive. 
I think we were all put on this earth to have joy and to get the most out of life that we possibly can. And there is, yeah, with trials there, I think that, um, we, what are the right words? (laughs) We were given the tools and abilities to be able to heal so that we can learn and grow from it. We're not supposed to stay stuck. Yeah. So you mentioned early on these factors that contributed, um, you know, the, the hormones obviously being a a huge Mm -hmm. part of it. Um, which my assumption would be that that's why postnatal triggered it. I know that, you know, hormones kind of go crazy. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested because you also talked about therapy and EMDR and gut health and all of these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it sounds like therapy especially was, was helpful. So I'm kind of curious your perspective or your thoughts on, because what I'm trying to get at is, is that it, it would be easy for you to sit here and say, I had a baby, my hormones were out of whack and I, I had, so, you know, I had these, right. these symptoms from that. Right. But I'm picking up that there was more than that, that there was the hormone imbalance, but there was also some probably traumas to unpack and some therapy that mm-hmm. had to happen and some gut health issues that need to be resolved or, you know, whatever it might be. But right. I'm kind of curious your thoughts on, like, do you feel like having your second baby brought all of that to the surface? Did you have lingerings of anxiety or panic attacks before your second baby was born? And, yeah. and do you feel like there really is that, like, it's not just one thing, you know, that mm-hmm. the life that you lived, the traumas that you experienced, the information that you've gathered, the things that you've seen all kind of contributed to then once the hormones did go out of whack, it that it all kind of unloaded. And right. I'm kind of curious if, first of all, if that's true, but second of all, if it is true, if you sensed that now in hindsight, like that there were these things kind of lingering yeah. or that maybe maybe therapy should have happened 10 years ago instead of four or, you know, whatever. Right, I'm just kind right. of curious your your thoughts on on that. Yeah, so I definitely think the hormonal thing and everything was the um, the tipping point for the anxiety and panic attacks because um, having kids just brings on its whole other load of challenges. But anxiety is something that I've definitely always had um, a little bit of at one point or another in my life. And so... I think even after my first baby, I um, went on medication for anxiety and stayed on. Well, no, then I think I got off of it while I was pregnant with my second baby. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that I had all of these realizations and went through this whole time out. <laughs> um, I don't know that supposed I supposed to turn your phone off. <laughs> I, um, no. Okay. Anxiety. First first baby. First baby. (laughs) We're authentic Uh, here, folks. It's all good. You want real raw. Um, so, and then the therapy, I think it was just kind of like this snowball effect, right? So the, the panic attacks are what made me address just anxiety in general. Um, and then therapy led me to your neural pathways and your nervous system And so that's why there's so many avenues of healing and there's good in all of them because when you've experienced something like that, or when you have a trauma or there's all sorts of stuff that can get out of whack in your body. So not only did I have to, um, 
you know, figure out how to control the anxiety. But now I had to rewire my neural pathways so that when any sort of trigger would come up, that's not exactly where they would want to go. Hmm. And I've had to implement these new thoughts and avenues for them to flow. You don't want to block them because if you just like suppress them or block them, eventually that dam's going to overflow. So that's why you have to reroute so you, you, it. You can't just pretend like you, you don't have problems. Exactly. So Dang you it. have to reroute your brain. So um, that's when I dove into like my neural pathways and then you get into all sorts of stuff like being a recovering people pleaser and limiting beliefs and just growing and evolving into yourself. So you had to learn yourself better. Exactly. And so that's this journey I've been on over. Yeah. My panic attacks were what, um, I guess triggered this whole journey, but then in turn, it's just been this whole, um, self evolving thing that I've, come to understand and know. And, um, it, it hasn't been easy. There have been times where so a couple of years ago, I was experiencing a lot of grief. Um, we were going through a really hard trial and it was things that were beyond my control. And I felt so stuck and frustrated because I wanted everybody around me to just fix it because it was affecting me, but it wasn't beyond my control. And I remember my husband, um, hopefully he's okay that I share this at the time, just saying, you've got to figure out how to be okay. And I was so mad because <laughs> I'm like, no, this is, you fix this and you do, you know, all these people around me. And, um, but then I realized, you know, again, this whole realization, I can only control me. I can only control what I can, not other people, not their choices, not, you know, and so again, it spiraled into this. How am I going to get out of this grief? How am I going to learn to be okay? No matter what circumstances I am surrounded by. Um, and so then again, I had to lean in and figure that out. And so then it brought on a whole nother realm of wellness and spirituality. And so it's just been perpetual growth through every trial. And I think a lot of times people choose to look at trials. It depends on what lens you are seeing the world in, right? If you have this, um, optimism and, uh, law of abundance and the room for growth and all of this, or if you choose to look through the lens of everybody's out to get me, you're going to prove yourself right. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And so I just looked at it as like, okay, this is something more that I need to learn. This is for my growth and I'm going to dive in and I'm going to figure it out. And again, that doesn't make it easy. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to fail sometimes. But again, the failure is feedback. And so those don't stay stuck. Just keep going. Love Does that. that. Help? <laughs> Do you, true or false, mm-hmm. our perceptions dictate our reality? Absolutely true. I believe. Everybody is, is um, whatever for their own belief. What's the right word? <laughs> entitled. <laughs> entitled. There you go. Everyone's entitled to their own belief. But I believe that, yes, our perception is our reality. Yeah, and it's cool because, like, you know, you kind of talked about this feedback loop of, well, first of all, I think it's fascinating that part, through part of the process, you had to learn yourself better, too, which is mm-hmm. very uncomfortable, you know, for people to have to reflect and say, like, I, I, 
I've never in my life heard the term recovering people pleaser. Um, <laughs> but that carries and I weight. Am. Yeah. I truly, it was something that like, I really have had to figure out how to have a voice because I do, I love people. I love making people happy. Um, but I did, I had to find my voice and be able to have disagreements because conflict has always been an incredibly uncomfortable thing for me. I remember being little <laughs> and when you and dad would fight, I would go down into my room and just cry. Dad and because, I never fought. Oh, never. And, but that was something like I've had to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable, which is a really hard thing to do for me personally, because yeah. I don't like it. I do not like being uncomfortable in any aspect. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting because, well, I've got, I've got, I've got, we, we're going to have to schedule more conversations, <laughs> but, um, cause I've got so many thoughts on that, but you know, this idea of like, well, first of all, comfortable being uncomfortable is just an amazing philosophy to live by. And I do believe that intentional departures from the comfort zone mm-hmm. help us manage the ones we can't avoid, you know, right. the hard situation, the hard conversation, setting boundaries, right. like trying to not be a people pleaser by setting boundaries, which in turn values yourself more, which makes them value you more, which, you know, allows you to please them more in this whole good thing. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's really interesting. You kind of talked about this constant uh, need to be working on ourselves. Um, Because I've found that to be so true in my life that, you know, you get better and then you realize how much more is there and then you get better and then you break through that next level. And, and it's like, I truly think that we are limitless. Like Mm -hmm. I've, I've found it incredibly fascinating. The more, uh, self growth that I've, you know, that I've, the more I've tried to improve myself, whether it's my mental health, my physical health, my boundary setting, my marriage, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. that you break through that level. And then there's a whole nother level that got opened up for you. And then you can break through that right. one and then break through that one. Not to say that it, you know, happens without work. It obviously requires mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of work and we have setbacks and, you know, are, are incredibly far, far from perfect. But it's fun for me to hear that side of it too, of like, that you're acknowledging that you're not there yet, even still. No, I and think, that, and that, I don't think that we ever are supposed to be, you know, I think, and that's what, what I always want people to know too, is like, just because I'm sharing this stuff does not mean that I've got it all figured out because I am far from. And so in my retreats, I'm there to learn from everybody else there just as much as I hope they get out of it. It's just as much for me as it is for everybody else. Um, and I'm just the one holding space for it and facilitating and being the event coordinator, um, because I have that desire to bring people together, but I don't want anybody to ever think that we've all got it figured out because we don't. And that's like you said, you know, through social media and the different lenses and stuff. But, um, yeah, I think there's always, there's always room for growth and we're all going to have again, trial after trial, you'll get put back in the water and then you have to figure it out again. Yeah. And then again, and then again, and then again, <laughs> do you think, cause one of the things I think is special about what you're doing too is, and, and I am, so it's interesting too, cause I have dilemmas from time to time wondering if I'm in an echo chamber or if the, if the world really is changing, I don't know the answer sometimes. Like yeah. the other day I was talking to Nicole, I'm, I'm, I'm running my first ultra marathon at the end of the month and I'm all of a sudden seeing all sorts of right. ultra marathon content and things like that. And I'm like, is yeah. ultra marathon getting bigger or am I? seeing it more like are there more yellow cars or did I buy a yellow car and I see more yellow cars but um I think that you know from a mental health standpoint my perception at least has been that there's a shift in 
effort to remove the stigma tied to mental health. Um, Whether that's an echo chamber or not, I don't know. But I do think that at least my experiences are dictating that more people are openly talking about Mm -hmm. mental health. More people are being vulnerable, you know, about the struggles that they're facing, which I think in turn is allowing others to seek help or to realize that it's, you know, that they're not alone. You know, I mean, I, I really genuinely believe there's not a person in the world that doesn't struggle with mental health on some level. Right. Um, and so I'm curious, a uh, two part question, but one would be, do you think that had you had access to the resources you have now earlier on in your life, that the anxiety attacks and anxiety or panic attacks and things like that could have been avoided? Or do you think that it was part of like, the path that you needed to go down to get to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we'll start there. So I think a two part answer. <laughs> I think that yes, partially, um, but not fully because I do believe that it is what I was meant to go through. And I think, um, that we can do another thing that has brought me a lot of peace and comfort and why I have dove so far into my overall wellness is because it brings me so much comfort knowing I am doing the very best I can to take care of myself, my mind, my body, my spirit. And so that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to be okay. And I have the tools that I need. Maybe I don't need them all now. And so I think I could have had the tools back when I was, you know, littler. And um, there's all the stuff that we can do for our kids now as far as nutrition and health and emotions and, you know, not creating... um, weird facade around them, but people pleasers. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so like helping them in that aspect. Yes. Like maybe growing up I could have, but I don't think we, you don't know till you know. Um, and, but I think that it is what I was meant to go through. And now there are tools that we can implement, but, um, now I'm trying to know if, did I answer that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, there are people listening mm-hmm. that have mental health challenges. Yeah, absolutely. What would you tell them? Like, I, I want to hear your message to the people out there that are struggling with depression, that mm-hmm. are struggling with anxiety and panic attacks. Um, I want to hear you talk to them. Okay, so my first, my first initial thought was don't stay stuck. Because it's like I said, there is so much help and there are so di- so many different avenues for help. Um, so I'm going to repeat myself again that failure is just feedback. And it doesn't mean that you're stuck and there's, there's still hope out there. Um, and then along the same lines of hope, I want to talk, I'll just give a brief explanation of an awesome podcast I listened to. Um, that I think I shared with you. I'm not sure if you ever listened to it. But it talks about how faith is the fertilizer. And it goes over a study um, done with a group of researchers, like back in the 1950s, did a study with a group of rats. And they put rats into a bucket of water to see how long they could tread water for before they would reach that point of, of exhaustion and drowned. And they got to about 15 minutes. So once the researchers figured out that they were going to reach that point of exhaustion and drowned at 15 minutes, they would reach in, pull the rat out, dry him off, give him a little break and then put them back in the water to see how long they could last for again. Um, 
And so it was an incredible thing happened after they had already been rescued that one time. The second time they got put back in the water, they lasted 60 hours Wow. versus 15 minutes because at that point they had faith. They had a perception that there was a higher power or something bigger than them that had their back. And if they can just keep going. And so if you can just keep going with having that knowing that whether you want to believe it be God, a higher power, Jesus Christ, doctors, whatever. Destiny. Destiny, whatever it may be, you've got to have faith. And it's faith in yourself. It's faith in other people. And it's faith in God, higher power, whatever. Because if you don't have faith, then what do you have? Thinking that, you know, you can't pull yourself out of it or that. But that is something that has resonated with me so much that, you know, I am going to outlast exponentially longer thinking that somebody has my back. Someone's watching out for me. And I have the ability to endure and outlast far longer than, you know, when I reach that point of exhaustion, someone's there and someone is going to step in and help me. Um, And so I think it's don't, don't get stuck. Don't feel stuck. Open your mind and be open to different possibilities and um, avenues. Don't think that there's only a one, you know, one cure-all for everything because there's not. And then have faith. Love it. It's awesome. That's fine. There's my two cents from somebody who is, you know, I feel like there's far people far more qualified, but I'm, I'm here and I'm willing and I'm willing to be guided and directed and bring the right people together to help. And if a rat can tread water for 60 hours, imagine what you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, uh, I just think it's neat and it's cool to see. I just, I admire the heck out of you. Thank and you. it's, it's incredible for me to see, first of all, that you had the strength to pull yourself out of such a dark place. Secondly, that you had the strength and the courage to then share that story with the world and to be vulnerable and and to put yourself out there. And then thirdly, to then want to help others. Um, it's remarkable. Thank you. And I want you to know that you inspire me and that you are making a huge impact. And the message that you're sharing with people needs to be shared louder. You know, there needs to be a megaphone in front of it because <laughs> uh, love truly is the answer. And, and, you know, getting people together, helping one another, creating the community that you're creating, creating the conversations that you're having and giving a space for people to, uh, you know, be vulnerable and, and work through right. things, I just think is, is absolutely incredible. So I want to thank, thank you, you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being an example for me. Um, and I cannot wait to see the impact that you make because it's already been a serious impact um, and it's been such a short amount of time that you're going to change the world. And, and I can't Thanks. wait to, to watch it happen. So I just appreciate you letting me be a part of it. Thank and I appreciate you. you sharing your story with me and, uh, you know, continuing that vulnerability into the, the Chasing Greatness podcast. Because I think, yeah. you know, if, if, if more people can be like you, then the world will be a better <laughs> place. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for holding space for me. I appreciate it. Of course. Sounds good.